Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your Hedda Hopper hostess with the most is Michael Munoz, and welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to. Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Got the <laughs> hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the most is Munoz. And how are we all doing? How are we all doing? Hopefully we are surviving. <laughs> because what is this? Week 9, week 10, week 486. Who's counting? Who cares? What What's happening? I don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness, we have to laugh about it or... We're going to cry, right? I mean, because sometimes, sometimes, sometimes when we touch the honesty. <laughs> what I wouldn't give to touch somebody right now, I haven't seen a human being since the, I should say, I haven't seen a human being that I know or touched a human being that I know since, I think, March 14th, March 15th. Ugh. That's depressing. Who cares? Anyways, on to bigger and better. If you didn't know, Hedda Hopper, the woman who I referenced at my pre-intro intro, was an Amer- American actress and the gossip column- columnist. She was like Wendy Williams before Wendy Williams was ever Wendy Williams. You know what I mean? At the height of her power in the 1940s, her readership was 35 million. Oh, my God. And I can't even get past, like, the 4,000 mark on Instagram. Speaking of, follow me at the Kitchen Gailey or at In Your Mouth Pod on <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> What's really funny about Hedda Hopper, or maybe not so funny, she was a strong supporter of the House of Un-American Activities Com- Committee hearings. These were these uh, committee hearings that would like out people who they thought were communists and um, she was a major proponent of like the Hollywood blacklist. Dun, dun, dun. So I'm like the head of hopper of like the food world, guys. Like, except for no one's going to get on the blacklist. We all like just celebrate and eat. Right? Right. 
Maybe that was a stretch. Maybe not. As you know, I'm living my Delilah dreams here. But moving on, I wanted to wish you, today is May 13th, and it's National Apple Pie Day. Or wait, is it National Fruit Cocktail Day? Or wait, is it National Hummus Day? Who knows? Who cares? But I figured this was very apropos because lately... I don't know what day it is, and I love that this day is three national days. So you know what? Pick one, pick all, or make one up yourself. At this point, um, we're making the rules as we are cooped up in our tiny little apartments. Or maybe you have um, a husband, a wife, or somebody, and you're in a big mansion listening to me with a pool. Um, Well... Think of me, think of me by the pool. I almost, sidebar, I almost opened the windows to do this podcast because it's a really beautiful day here in New York and I wanted like the fresh breeze and I'm dying to get outside, which after I record the podcast, I will definitely get outside. But I kind of wanted to like have more of the ambient noise come in. But then the jackhammer started because apparently construction is still okay during these times, whether it's city construction or building construction. And it became too much. So I had to shut all the windows and put up um, the sound barriers that I have. And so if you hear some jackhammers or whatnot, you know what's happening. At least you don't have to live through it through the night as I have been. But that's another story for another time. Can you tell I'm slowly losing my mind? But it's National Apple Pie Day, National Fruit Cocktail Day, and National Hummus Day. Um, I have been eating my weight in hummus um, and not apple pie or fruit cocktail. So maybe I'll switch it up today. I don't know. The choice is yours. Send me all the photos. You know how to reach me. And on this day in gay history, not a lot has happened. But in 1986, Miss Vanessa Redgrave, iconic, yes, stars as Renee Richards in the CBS made-for-TV movie Second Serve. Now, for those of you who don't know, because I did not know what this movie is, Second Serve is a 1986 made-for-television biographical film starring Vanessa Redgrave, yes, diva, icon, and she plays this retired eye surgeon, professional tennis player, and transgender woman, Renee Richards. The film is based on her 1983 autobiography, Second Serve, the Renee Richards story that was written with John Ames. Look at that. So put that on your Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Moo Moo, Titi, Tata, Disney Plus, uh, CBS Prime, Bravo Plus, uh, Dildo Plus, Prime List, all those apps that you're paying for. I think this is. (laughs) What was that? Put that. I can't believe I just cracked myself up. (laughs) Put that on your list of uh, LGBTQ movies to watch during this quarantine. Um, Also, if you haven't watched The House of Flowers, a.k.a. La Casa de las Flores, um, it's a Mexican telenovela on Netflix. I'm obsessed. There's a lot of eye candy. There is a lot of hot shirtless men and pants pantless men 
you can get it dubbed in English. I say watch it in Spanish with the subtitles. Oh, so good. So good. So shout out to you, Vanessa Redgrave, and Second Serve. Uh, if you haven't caught on, folks, obviously there is no guest today. I am flying solo. And I was thinking about, like, what the heck I'm going to talk about today. There's so much happening in the food world, but not at the same time. You know, with uh, restaurants struggling, restaurants feeding the uh, the healthcare workers, restaurants struggling to survive, so on and so forth. And then I was like, what am I going to do? And believe it or not, it's been a little bit of a struggle to find guests uh, just to come on and kiki with me. It's It's an interesting time for us all, and I've said it time and time again that every day during this thing has been a very, very different day, um, not only for me, but for all of my friends, and I'm sure for you out there. Some days are anxiety-filled, some days are a little lonely, some days are really stressful for no reason, and some days are just great. Like today, I'm feeling really, really great, but... um, You know, Mondays I find are really, really, really hard. It's all of a sudden like Mondays are have taken on a new sort of pressure. Like, you know, you'd get the Sunday scaries because Monday was coming. But now, like, the Sunday scaries don't exist because you don't even really know it's Sundays. And then when you realize it's Monday, you're like, oh. Needless to say, I had a really, really bad Monday. And I didn't even know if this podcast was going to happen. But I came through, I realized it was just a day, I found the joy through it, and then I realized um, through the stress and almost kind of taking a day off from the pod that, um, and this is why I also reference Miss Hedda Hopper and Miss Wendy Williams, is that I kind of am the gay colo- the gossip columnist of food, and one of my favorite parts of this podcast is besides the guests and the pure tomfoolery of it all, is Food News Update. And why I'm not doing more, like, food gossipy things and, and you know, just food news is beyond me. So this is what it's going to be when I fly solo. It's food gossip, food, food news. And with that, today is just all going to be Food News updates are you excited are you excited i think i am (laughs) now the question is do i play the song do i not play the song do you like the song i kind of like the song i don't know you know what we're gonna try it with the song dj hit the music food news food news honey you ain't ready girl I don't know. The the song the song works, but if we're doing a whole day of food news and uh, celebrity gossip or or food gossip, food celebrity gossip, I don't I don't know if it works. We're trying things out, you know. Forever reinventing, forever, forever growing. We're neither wise nor pure nor good. We'll make this garden grow. Well, there's big news, or should I say big drama this week in the food world between one Miss Chrissy Teigen and one Miss Allison Roman. Oh, my God. Am I going to be like Perez Hilton causing more drama? 
Probably not. Um, if you don't know who Alison Roman is, uh, Alison Roman is a New York Times food columnist. She has a really, really popular uh, cookbooks. She now has a television show. And she made some really controversial comments about Marie Kondo and Chrissy Teigen. And then Chrissy Teigen took to Twitter, not only surprised, but really bummed about the comments that Alison had made. In an interview uh, published by The New Consumer, Allison made uh, really crazy comments insinuating that Marie Kondo, uh, you know, lifestyle guru, Marie Kondo, is a sellout. And she went on to say um, weird things about Chrissy Teigen. She goes, Chrissy had a successful cookbook, and then it was like, boom, a line at Target. Boom, now she has an Instagram page that has over a million followers where it's just like people running a content farm for her. That horrifies me, and it's not something that I ever want to do. I don't aspire to that. But, like, who's laughing now because she's make, making a ton of fucking money? Um... Wow, wow, Allison, wow. When Chrissy, uh, Chrissy ended up responding and goes, I don't think I've ever been so bummed out by the words of a fellow food lover. I just had no idea I was perceived that way by her especially. Chrissy goes on, and I'm paraphrasing to say that uh, she was thinking about or she was head producer on her show. Uh, since then, all sorts of major celebrities came out in Chrissy's defense, uh, one being my favorite, Jose Andres, saying that he's been cooking for something like 35 years and he still learns, is still learning things and is learning from one Chrissy Teigen. Well, the backlash goes on and the drama continues, so much so that uh, Allison went on to post a, an apology, um, a formal apology, in which she goes, I need to formally apologize to Chrissy Teigen and Marie Kondo. I use their names disparagingly to try and distinguish myself, which I absolutely do not have an excuse for. It was stupid, careless, and insensitive. If you want to read the whole apology, um, it's on Twitter, for you to read. It's a good two pages long. And there's a lot to unpack here. A, I mean, as women, right? And I'm not, obviously, I'm not a woman, although although I sometimes like to dress as one. Um, <laughs> you, you know, you should be lifting each other up, right? Especially in the food world and women making their name in the food world respected, respectively, right? Although they had uh, two very different uh you know, rises to fame. And Chrissy Teigen, correct me if I'm wrong out there, Chrissy Teigen was like that kind of like MTV it girl. Who was it? Daisy Fuentes, who used to pick her nose on MTV. Who was that like female host on MTV who would like just pick her nose? And she was like the real girl, but she was really hot at the same time, right? That That's like that Chrissy Teigen type. And that's how she kind of rose to fame in the food world too, being, you know, her food wasn't, the prettiest. Her food wasn't always like, you know, just that overly thought out, right? And that was the appeal, that it was all natural, it was all her, and I can see why it it really, really took off. Then there's the other layer of, besides women not supporting women here, um, the fact that she named two Asian women, right? And 
in the food world, there's a ton of cultu- cultural appropriation when it comes to food and dishes and claiming things that are not one's own, i.e. Uh, a very long time ago, uh, we were talking about, early on in the podcast, we talked about Hattie B's and how Hattie B's uh, claims to have invented or at one point had claimed to invent hot chicken, which we all know is not the truth, right? And Hattie B's is owned by white men. So this is problematic on many levels. And even it even gets, the story gets even juicier because then it turns into this whole online bullying thing, whether uh, Chrissy deserved this comment or not from people, from randos on the internet, which is why Chrissy Teigen has shut down her internet, her Twitter, I should say, by making it private, so she, you now have to get approved to be part of Chrissy Teigen's Twitter. I'm on your side, Chrissy. Um, I'm actually on both their sides because, you know what? I think a lesson has been learned here about when you reach a certain level of fame, or even not reach a level, a certain level of fame, about thinking before you say certain things. And you know, we all stick our foot in our mouths sometimes. I'm sure. I've said something in the last 115 episodes that someone that someone's not going to like, or maybe that I should have rethought. But um, you know, owning your there's something to be said about owning your shit, and so Alison Roman really took took this to heart, and it looks like, especially in this apology, uh, that she really took this to heart, and this was a big a big learning lesson here. And uh, one of the my favorite things. Um, she says in this apology is I'm not the victim here and my insecurities don't excuse this behavior. I'm a white woman who has and will continue to benefit from white privilege and I recognize that makes what I said even more excusable and hurtful. The fact that it didn't occur to me that I had singled out two Asian women is 100% a function of my privilege. Being blind to racial insensitivities is a discriminate discriminatory luxury it exists everywhere people and i mean even in the food world who knew there was so much drama and so many layers of like just drama and whatnot when it comes to food and food people but you know what i am here for it and i love that these two ladies have made up because chrissy even said that she didn't really expect an apology for like what she what Allison was feeling it was it was very it was very good all around the way this ended I think and a learning lesson for everybody so I hope these two ladies can move on and they will be the best of friends to come yes and moving on other celebrity news in food uh U.S. Weekly apparently has a food section uh Jonathan Valdez if you're listening you didn't tell me this, and I can't wait to pick your brain about this. But apparently, Jennifer Lopez's chef revealed that she really doesn't like two specific foods because she's not a fan of the texture. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you know that I am not, I don't understand people who have textural problems with food. It just doesn't compute in my brain because. I am all about the the flavors and the taste and and whatnot. So textures don't really don't really bother me and there isn't very much uh, that I won't eat, right? So put that in my mouth. 
But apparently this week, uh, Jennifer Lopez's and Alex Rodriguez's chef, Kelvin Fernandez, shared that the multi-hyphenate has a healthy appetite. But there are two foods that they won't find uh, their way on her plate, and one being salmon and the other being berries. Um, her entire family eats salmon and berries. Her kids love berries. But uh, Jennifer Lopez just doesn't eat salmon, guys. Uh, he, <laughs> I know, big news, right? He goes on to say, I know Jennifer doesn't love salmon, so if I'm cooking salmon for the, for the table, I always got to do a sea bass or a halibut or a cod for Jennifer because she's just not a fan of the texture and the taste of salmon. Truth be told, I don't really love the the taste of salmon either. Although I like the, I like locks, but I don't like all locks. So what does that say about me? You know, um, these are things. He goes on to say that these are th just things you learn over time. Well, yeah, you're a personal chef, and you're gonna learn these things over time. Um, so yeah, uh, I I want to know why people care, but I guess I cared enough to share <laughs> this story. I just found it interesting uh, to see what was in her in her fridge, right? Um, her fridge is always stocked with, uh, well stocked with fruits and veggies and sparkling water. Uh, so they always start the the day with green juice and eggs. He goes, eggs is always the biggest one, and turkey bacon is always the biggest one. You know what? People after my own heart, people after my own heart, as we know, I am not a sweet breakfast person. I'm all about the savory. So, oh, my God, I am just like Jennifer Lopez, okay? We are both Puerto Ricanio from New York City, and... <laughs> And neither one of us has a Spanish accent. <laughs> but we love a savory breakfast and we don't love salmon. So maybe the title of this is I'm Just Like Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> oh, my God. Moving on to more celebrity food news. Uh, Prince Charles just shared a recipe for cheesy baked eggs. And, oh, my God, I feel like we all need it. Need to add it to our brunch rotation. Thank you, Delish.com. Oh, my God. I really need to be reporting for Delish.com, don't you think? Uh, you know what? Stop writing me letters and just send letters to Delish.com telling them how fabulous I am. Anyways, if you're uh, crazy about the royals, uh, like some people are, I'm not. Until I saw, I wasn't, I should say, till I saw The Queen on Netflix, or The Crown, I should say, on Netflix. Oh my God, so good. Tune in. Uh, not sponsored, but um, yeah, I'm just kind of a little obsessed. And I love that Prince Charles shared a recipe, which we really know that their PR team was like, oh, we need to share something, uh, some viral food for the kids. So here's a uh, cheesy baked eggs, but it kind of looks delicious. So uh, this past Sunday, um, the Clarence House, which I guess is their uh, Instagram handle, uh, shared uh, Prince Charles's favorite cheesy baked eggs in honor of the British Cheese Weekender, an online festival celebrating delicious British cheese. Are the Brits known for their cheese? Is that something I should know? Huh. I guess there's that Leicester cheese, right? 
that really orange cheese, right? Did we watch? Did we watch uh, Drag Race UK when they all came out as their towns? And that uh, what was her name? Was it Blue Hydrangea that came out all orange because the cheese and the and the tigers, the Leicester Tigers, right? Is that it? I don't know. Uh, my UK fans, somebody correct me. Somebody gather me, please. But this uh, recipe, back to this recipe, um, looks delicious. There's uh, sun-dried tomatoes, uh, strong, soft cheese like Tunworth, Golden Senarth, or, or other strong, soft cheeses. There's eggs. There's double cream. There's a grated hard cheese like Old Winchester, basil leaves. Oh, oh, this is cheese heavy. It actually looks really delicious. And if you're like me, please take your digestive, lactose digestive enzymes. Maybe double up <laughs> with this. His wife, Cam Camilla Parker Bowles, um, went on to say, he loves, loves, loves local cheeses. He's a huge cheese fan. Anything to do with cheese. Um, so, yeah. Go can we go on to say that Prince Charles is cheesy? <laughs> but um, yeah, guys, yeah. The Clarence House account also shared a photo of the end result re recipe, which looks like it would pair perfectly with a mimosa and a heap of crusty bread for dipping. I need, you know what? When we get back to, you know, back to being together, maybe I'll try to make a vegan ver version of this and the regular version of this so all my friends can come together the cheese eaters and the lactose people and have a big cheese celebration. That's one thing I really miss a lot is meats and cheeses during this thing. What are you missing during this thing food-wise? Anything? Anything? Speaking of cheese, oh my God, on Good Morning America this morning, they just did a story about uh, the France having an overabundance of cheese and the cheesemakers trying to get rid of all the tons of cheese. And where did you hear it first? Well, delish.com. And then <laughs> in your mouth. So we are ahead of the trend, folks. Stay here for all your food news. You know what? I feel like Good Morning America is listening to me. So uh, go out and support uh, the French cheese industry because they need your help. More in celebrity food news. Guy Fieri has helped uh, to raise more than $20 million for restaurant employees affected by the COVID-19 outbreak. Now, this is a story I really, really love because, as you know, I've been in the hospitality business for 21 years, and this is probably the first year that I really haven't worked in a hotel, in catering, a la carte service, in some like hospitality aspect. But all my friends out there are... So uh, really tune into this one. So um, Guy Fieri has teamed up with the National Restaurant Association Educational Foundation to launch the Restaurant Employee Relief Fund to help benefit these restaurant employees. This is super, super important, people. The fund aims to give $500 checks that can be used towards housing, transportation, utilities, childcare, groceries, medical bills, and or student loans. Gaga told TMZ Live that the fund has raised $21.5 million already and that they have been able to award 40,000 of these checks to restaurant employees in less than two months. 
Guy has also said that he started sending personalized invitations to heavy hitter CEOs in the food and restaurant industry, asking them to donate to the fund. So far, everyone from TikTok to PepsiCo are involved. Isn't this great? Also, Guy isn't done raising money yet. Thank you, Delish. Uh, as part of his fundraising effort, Guy partnered with Igloo on a special um, Flavortown cooler with 100% of the profits going to fund, going to the fund, and is going head-to-head with Bill Murray on a nacho-making contest that you can watch on May 15th. Oh, my God. Guy Fieri and Bill Murray on making nachos. What sounds better than that, guys? Um, I think this is great, and as someone who's felt very helpless during this pandemic because I don't have a lot of money to give, and, um, you know, it's it's hard helping. It's just hard to help when you don't have funds and you're stuck in the house. So I try to use my voice as much as I can to celebrate those out there, all the restaurants out there, all the good people that are doing things for people so that in case you're listening and you have the funds to help, you know, go go help. I mean, I donated to Glad the other day because um, Mark Kinamora, we were dancing and he was on the Glad site. You know, I've been donating little bits, but I... I feel like my voice is the bigger way to help the people out there because it's the only way I can help right now till we're a little freer and hitting the streets. And just so you know, in relation, uh, this week it was reported that more than 5 million restaurant workers lost their jobs in April. One server, uh, one survey of restaurant operators found that 88% had laid off staff due to the coronavirus pandemic and its effects. This article is comes from my fave, uh, Vice.com. The nationwide unemployment rate, as we know, has increased to 14.7%, which is the highest it has been since the Great Depression. Isn't guys, this is cra- this is crazy. This is crazy. And if you really think about it, like obviously, yeah, a lot of the people, um, it, the majority of it, or a big majority of it, is coming from, uh, you know, employment in leisure and hospitality, which includes restaurants, bars, hotels, and entertainment. Shout out to all my drag queen friends out there. Uh, go support your local drag queens, folks. I have a big gay audience. Support the local girls, right? We love we love our drag race girls, but Pixie Aventura is doing a show's on uh, for local TV and on Instagram Live. Uh, Marty Cummings doing great work, doing a ton of volunteer work all the way up in her neighborhood because uh, she's running for also for city council So on the Upper West Side. So she's volunteering and doing shows. You know, all these people have lost all sorts of revenue. She's also doing uh, Instagram Live. Go support her. Tina Burner, Paige Turner, Ari Kiki. Uh, these are all New York queens. Um, And if I forgot you, uh, I didn't mean to forget you. It's just off the top of my head. Uh, I love you all. Jada Balenciaga. Yes. Oh, my God. I miss Jada Balenciaga. Holly Day. Um, Oh, my God. There's so many. Holly Box Springs. Check out uh, these local New York queens. But go support your your local uh, girls, too. And send me me the local girls. I'll post them all on Instagram. You know, why not? uh, a dollar, a dollar goes a long way, you know. So these days, you know, it's a dollar more than they had. 
But uh, continuing on, um, yeah, so employment and leisure and hospitalities, which includes restaurants, bars, hotels, and entertainment, and recreation facilities fell by 47% last month, losing 7.7 million jobs. The majority of those jobs, 5.5 million of them, were in food service and drinking places. According to Restaurant Business, the restaurant industry has lost half of its workforce since March, with employment levels falling to a number that hasn't been seen since spring of 1989. This is insane, folks. This is insane, right? Um, National Restaurant uh, Association surveyed more than 65,000 restaurant operators, and 88% of them said that they had either laid off or furloughed workers since mid-March. On average, they retained only 17% of their pre-pandemic staff, while 41% of the respondents said that they had to let every single employee go. This is insane, folks. And how we're ever going to recover from this, I don't know, but I have hope. I have hope because, I mean, once again, if we don't have hope and faith, I, I, I don't know how we're going to get by. And the, uh, random thought, this is why I think organized religion, although I'm not, I, I don't adhere to any specific organized religion. I think this is why organized religion has um, such grand followings. And, you know, I find myself spiritual and I do believe in a higher power. Call it the universe, call it God, Ganesh, Jesus, whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, there, there has to be some sort of faith in something beyond us or else what's the point of what's the point of going on? You know, there has to be something more than just us out there, right? Right? Maybe I'm wrong. But but I find solace, at least for me, and this is just for me, y'all. Just for me. I'm not you don't have to believe what I believe, okay? This is a free space. I welcome all here. But for me, I just feel like if if there's nothing to believe in beyond this, like then why like what's the point of going on, right? What's the point of going on? And it's it's what keeps me going through the days. It's what got me through mon- last Monday, because last Monday was rough, y'all. Last Monday was rough, but it's going to get better. It's going to get better, and people like Guy Fieri and, and Jennifer Lopez <laughs> are making it better. Um, I'm on the Restaurant Employee Relief Fund website uh, for those of you out there in the hospitality industry, the Restaurant Relief Fund was created to help restaurant industry employees experience extraordinary hardship in the wake of the coronavirus. Go to R-E-R-F, as in frank.us. You can donate or you can apply, folks. You can apply. So, um, yeah, I'll link them out. Go. Uh, that's. I think that's really, really great work. And speaking of other people doing really, really great work, Cholula, one of my favorite hot sauces, uh, the other day had a virtual tacothon that raised money for small restaurants. Um, in this tacothon, you could learn taco recipes from chefs Tom Colicchio, Aaron Sanchez. Hi, Chef Aaron. Uh, I used to work with him. Just to toot my own horn, I'm going to drop that name. And other uh, celebrities um, like Sophia Bush. Oh, my God. Remember Sophia Bush? What's Sophia Bush doing these days? So uh, Cholula is hosting a virtual talkathon um, that via 
in partnership with Vice's creative agency, Virtue. The hot sauce brand has rounded up an all-star team, NBA player uh, Dwayne Wade and Victor Oladipo, actress Sophia Bush, chefs Tom uh, Caliccio, Christina Tulsi, and Aaron Sanchez will each go on Instagram Live to share their taco recipes. While you learn how to make a good taco at home, Cholula will raise money for independent restaurants, which have been hit hard by the pandemic. The company will donate $1 for every viewer up to $100,000 to the Independent Restaurant Coalition. I probably should have researched if they're still um, collecting money, but if they are, uh, you know what? If you got the funds and you want to donate, um, or you know what? Maybe if the donation is closed. I support Cholula. I love the chill. I love regular Cholula, chili garlic Cholula. Yum, 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 yum. And I love that they're trying to help the people in the restaurant industry, kind of like Heinz was uh, trying to help diners out in last week's food news update. So I'm here for all of that, guys. Um, yeah, and so those are good things happening in the food world. Uh, if you want some more good news uh, and something to look forward to uh, once we all get reopened, no matter where you are, some of you are reopening, whether we agree on the reopening or not. But Food & Wine has named this week the best new chefs of 2020, and I'm so, so happy to see beautiful, beautiful people of color and women just being celebrated. Oh my God, all beautiful brown and Asian faces um, on this list. I love, love, love this list. And I also love that um, this article by uh, Kushbu Shah, I hope I said that right, um, they go on to say that, you know, this was... Uh, this was like hard to um, to put together because it's a weird time. But, you know, Food and Wine has been doing this for a very, very long time. And they weren't going to stop just because of the coronavirus. We needed to give something uh, for people to look forward to and name those names that uh, that are going to to really carry us through. Uh, the culinary experience once this is over. Uh, go to foodandwine.com and check out the best new chefs of 2020. Uh, people, beautiful people like Lick uh, Bognar uh, from Indo in uh, St. Louis, uh, Tavel Bristol Joseph. Um, oh my God. From, oh, yes. I'm just, I'm. <laughs> I'm so excited about this list. Trig Brown from Winson and Winson Bakery. So many beautiful, beautiful people. Camille Cogswell from Kafar, uh, um, which means village in Hebrew. Oh, I am really, really excited to hear more about these people, read more about these people, and celebrate these people. I love that food and wine carried on this tradition, and I am here for it. You know what else I'm here for? I am here for <laughs> an entire episode of food gossip and food news. Did you know that the Alaska Girl Scouts got a PPE loan because of lost uh, cookie sales? Roughly 100 44,000 boxes of cookies are currently stacked in Girl Scouts' parents' garages, living rooms, and home offices across Alaska. And so the bank that's kind of associated with them in Alaska, you know, helped them get a PPE loan. And for those of you out there who've gotten the PPE loan, friends of mine, it hasn't been a lot of money. And the Girl Scouts have been doing good things, right, I think, for 
for girls, uh, supporting young young women and fostering young women to become beautiful entrepreneurs and um, badass women out there in the world. So I love that this bank in Alaska got them the help that they need. Shout out to the Girl Scouts. And I mean, who doesn't love a thin mint, guys? Who doesn't love a thin mint? <laughs> and I think I'm going to end this food gossip with, because I just mentioned Heinz. And if you're bored at home, something else that brought me joy um, and I just mentioned Heinz Ketchup. Heinz Ketchup went on to release um, an all-red puzzle. So uh, I, I've seen this trending, like people doing like ombre puzzles or just like one-color puzzles or like color wheel puzzles. So it makes it harder. So Heinz Ketchup released an all-red puzzle that's definitely going to keep you busy. <laughs> Between that and frog bread, I don't know what I'm more excited about. Um, what more is there to say? There's, it's an all-red puzzle, and an, if you have the space and a table, uh, which I do not have in my 120 square feet of Times Square beauty, uh, this 570-piece puzzle uh, will definitely, definitely keep you busy. Obviously, there are no images or lines to guide you, so it's going to be a hard one. There are 57 puzzles available in total in honor of the 57 varieties of Heinz that is labeled on every bo bottle. You can win one of these puzzles. All you have to do is comment on the Heinz Instagram post showing off the red box uh, who you would finish the puzzle with. Oh. I hope it would be me. Will someone finish the puzzle with me? It's really lonely. I want to do a puzzle. But then we'd have to wear masks and I can't come over your house and you can't come over mine. Ugh. Well, that, w oh, that turned depressing really quickly. <laughs> oh my goodness, where does the time go? It's been 40 minutes already. This has been such a great episode. I hope you enjoyed all the gossip as much as I did. Who knew? This was a really busy week in food, folks. And who knew? I hope I could bring you a little bit of joy and a little bit of a break from the news cycle today um, and a little break from Fauci and death and despair and whatnot. Go out there. You know what? I'm going to end this podcast with urging you to go out there safely, you know, take a walk. Go for a run. Try to donate to somebody local, a local food bank. You know, if you're healthy, willing, and able to do some volunteer work at a food bank, there's tons of hungry people out there. Do so. Um, you know what? Even, like, supporting the queens and showing up for their shows, you know, they need love, too. You know, everyone needs a little love. Speaking of love, come write me a letter. Show me some love. Um, and with that, I want to thank you all and tell you all to wash your hands, wear your masks, keep safe out there. And as always, thank you for listening to In Yo Man.